When the long-awaited night arrived, Maurice kissed his parents goodnight and headed up the hall toward his bedroom, where he pretended to go to sleep. At 9 p.m., when his parents came to tuck him in and kiss him goodnight, just as they had done every night for the past twelve years, he never stirred. When they snuggled the covers around his shoulders and whispered in his ear how much they loved him, he kept still. When his parents left the room and closed the door behind them, the only thing Maurice felt was relief that they had gone and that he had fooled him. Maurice listened as his parents' footsteps faded up the hallway and softened as they entered the living room, where he had spent many hours playing and studying before the fireplace, and he waited. His thoughts raced with excitement as he lay there anxiously anticipating midnight and freedom. As his eyes darted around the room, Maurice didn't see the room, and therefore wasn't reminded of all the hours he and his parents had spent decorating it just the way he wanted. He didn't see all the things that love had put there, like his baseball and glove on the chair beside the dresser, nor the football on the floor by the door, the one his parents had given him that very night. He didn't see the pictures of him and his parents on the dresser and nightstand, didn't feel the soft down comfort tucked in around him that his mother had made by hand. He didn't feel his favorite pajamas warm against his body. All that Maurice could think about was the great adventure ahead and finding his real parents. His eyes darted to the clock on the nightstand. How slowly time seemed to pass. At 11.30 p.m., Maurice was dressed and sitting on the side of his bed, his feet dangling over the edge and nervously twitching as he watched the clock, counting down the minutes. When the hands on the clock reached 11.45, Maurice quietly pushed past the drapes to raise the window, crawled through it, and disappeared into the night. Like a mouse, Maurice scurried around the edges of the house until he reached the front yard, and then dashed toward the street, where his friend was waiting at the corner. The boy's heart raced with excitement as he quietly ran toward the park and the tree where their duffel bags were stashed. They never looked back. Once they reached the hollow tree, they gathered up their duffel bags and headed for the railroad yard, a block south of town. Along the way, their steps quickened in anticipation of the glorious adventures awaiting them at their first stop in Dallas, Texas, where they hoped to join up with the traveling circus that wintered there. Strangely, even before they reached the train yard, before they'd left the city limits, Weatherford, the place where they had called home for the past twelve years, was nothing more than a faint memory. They were breathless with joy. Upon reaching the railroad yard, the boys slipped past the night guards at the yard office. W.T. and Steve, men they had known their entire lives, were now skirted like strangers. The youths carefully made their way through the hazardous terrain of sharp, jagged rocks lining the tangle of intertwined steel tracks and foul-smelling creosote-soaked railroad ties. Undaunted, their senses were heightened by the loud, steel-against-steel couplers banging together as the boxcars linked up. They reveled in the clackety-clickety-click of the heavy iron wheels screeching against the steel tracks as the caterpillar-like boxcars slowly moved around the yard. Halfway through the railroad yard, the boys spotted the Dallas-bound train, and after carefully picking their boxcar, they threw their duffel bags inside and hoisted themselves aboard, and all before the whistle blew.